Hello, welcome to the Equippers International podcast, our short version where we're studying the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 8, and the writer of Hebrews has told us that the main point that has been shared up until this stage of the letter, the first seven chapters, is that Jesus is a great high priest. And he talks about why he is such a great high priest, and that is because he actually went into the true tabernacle in the heavens to perform his priestly duty. Now, he's going to talk much about what that looks like as far as offering a sacrifice in that place in the chapters to come. But right now in chapter 8, what he's going to do is he's going to focus on the main thing that happened as a result of Jesus performing this high priestly duty, and that was that he was bringing about a better covenant. Now, covenant is a very important thing to understand. Quite simply, what I want to do in this episode is basically boil it down to the fundamentals and help us understand the role of the covenant and the way God related to the children of Israel and the way that he relates under the new covenant today. Now, we know the whole history of the children of Israel. They came out of Egypt. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they were grumbling and they did not believe God. And we've already seen in chapter four of this book how they did not receive the message of God with faith. They didn't believe and have faith that God was able to do for them what he said he was going to do for them, to take them into the promised land. But instead, they grumbled and they complained and they got involved in idol worship. And so God came and he made a covenant with them. So he lays out this first covenant by which he would define the way the children of Israel would relate to him. Now, I want to pick up in verse 7 today and read verse 7 down through verse 12. The writer says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and I did not care for them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and everyone his brethren, saying, Know the Lord, for all will know me, from the least to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I'll remember their sins no more. What I want to do in this episode is just give an overview of the simple facts of the Old Covenant. It's very clear that when God gave the children of Israel the covenant, when he wrote the law, he knew from the very beginning that the children of Israel were not able to fulfill their end of the covenant. Now, there's a passage in Deuteronomy 31 that I want to read to set this in context for us. Now, I'm not trying to be harsh in my assessment of the children of Israel, but the scripture is so clear what happened when God gave the children of Israel the commandment, when he gave them the covenant by which they were to relate to him. And in Deuteronomy 31, this setting is right before Moses died. 
realize he's finished his ministry. God has spoken to him and God has laid out every commandment and every provision for the children of Israel to relate to him according to this first covenant. And listen to what God says in Deuteronomy 31. I'm going to start reading in verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the time for you to die is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting that I may commission him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood at the doorway of the tent. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers, and this people will arise and play the harlot with the strange gods of the land into the midst of which they are going, and will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them and hide my face from them, and they will be consumed, and many evils and troubles will come upon them, so that they will say in that day, Is it not because our God is not among us that these evils have come upon us? But I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they will do, for they will turn to other gods. Now, to me, this is a very sad scripture. This scripture highlights the fact that God knew from the very beginning what was in the heart of man. This is the very reason why God gave the first covenant. He knew that the children of Israel, as a representation of really all of humanity, that they were not able to perform in a conditional relationship with God. God's law was perfect. The problem is not with the law. Paul makes that very clear in his writings in the New Testament. It's not that the law was insufficient. It's that the people that were trying to obey the law were totally incapable. And so as a result, what the law was asking of the people, the people were unable to do. And so the writer says that because of this, the first covenant was not faultless. If it would have been faultless, if it would have been able to be fulfilled through human effort, then there would have been no need for a second covenant. There'd been no need for a new covenant. But God in his mercy saw that people were unable to fulfill the relational covenant that he had laid out. And he says, okay, I'm going to establish a second covenant, a new covenant. And that new covenant is going to to look completely different. Now, we're going to get into what that covenant looks like as we go further in the book of Hebrews. But what I wanted to point out in this episode today is what the writer says right here in verse 7, is that if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. But because the first covenant was 
faulty. It was faulty in that no one could fulfill it. Because if you failed in one condition, you failed completely. So it's so important for us to understand that there is nothing about the first covenant that was useful for the relationship between God and man. It was a process that God was laying out in order for man to see that he was completely incapable of a conditional relationship with God. The very essence of the first covenant was that if they would obey, then he would bless. But if they did not obey, there would be a curse. And so we see there in that passage I read in Deuteronomy, the evil that befell the people because of their disobedience was not because God, and like always, People blame God. He even said in that passage in Deuteronomy I just read, it will be because of this evil that comes upon the people, because of their disobedience, that they will say, it must be because God is not with us anymore. No, it's not that God was not with them anymore. It's that they were choosing to disobey God. They were choosing to do the exact opposite of what God had invited them to do in a relationship with him. And so this exposed their fallenness and it brought about an expression of the wickedness of what's in the heart of every person. And this is exactly what happens when we make our relationship with God based on external performance of the law and a covenant that God set forth that only has its effectiveness based on our obedience. And so God had to remove that means of relationship with him. He had to introduce a new and second and final way that man would relate to him. And he calls this the new covenant. Now we're going to look in detail at this covenant in the coming episodes, and it's going going to be exciting. It's going to bring life because this new covenant is not based on our ability to perform. It's not based on a reward system by which if I obey, I'm blessed. And if I don't obey, I'm cursed. God has removed that way of relating to him once and for all. And he has done a beautiful new work. So as we reflect on what this new work looks like, I want you to rejoice and thank God that he has created a new covenant. He's created in Christ Jesus a new way for us to relate to him. And that way is a way of life. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.